on screen podcast presents three men and a meeple are you interested in playing games that don't appear on the screen well that's why we're here join david sean and owen while they talk about all things tabletop now pass the dice because our next turn starts now when one next turn begins another one is unfortunately ended and in this case for three men and a meeple i've got all afternoon to play with my friends David and Owen and talk about all things tabletop. And today we're going to spice it up a little bit differently because all these games we're going to talk about today are games that I can either play with just Owen or just David, or they could play with themselves and not include me. Hi guys. How you doing? What's up? What's up? Hello. That's not an actual response. You can't respond to the question with the same question. Yes, I can. I the, man asked, the man asked, what is up? What is up? Oh. Uh, <laughs> this is much. why we no longer <laughs> refer to him as a good friend. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Jeez. Uh, yeah, not, not too much. Just, uh, you know, happy to be back. It's been a while. No? I know. We've, uh, we've had some, some problems with... Uh, recording some technical difficulties you know you say someone you know not pointing out any fingers to anyone uh but someone's computer was not working correctly the last time we recorded so uh this is yeah this is why we're delayed another two weeks or whatever but uh you know what for all of our listeners who missed us who wanted some table talk goodness See what I did there? Yeah, uh, kitchen table we're, games. We're we're back. We're back, baby. We're back. Good to be back. I'm excited yeah, for another episode of Kitchen Table Games. When does that get started? <laughs> Shut up. Yeah, I'm starting a new <laughs> podcast called Kitchen Table Games. I with, hate uh, you both. I hate <laughs> you both so much. <laughs> this is why we're talking about two player games this episode, so that when uh, Owen or Sean separately piss me off, I can just play a game with one of them. And exclude That's right. the other. That's right. Well, or you just, uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you, you know, you, you talk to your, your your significant other and be like, "All right, let's play a game." I'm I'm sick of these two. Yeah, you know what? Funny thing happened uh, the other week. I had some friends come to visit, and uh, they were amazed by my game collection. Now, these are people that I haven't seen in uh, I don't know, probably like four or well, five plus years. So since the time that we last saw each other and the time that they came over. Now my board game collection has expanded like 700%. Yeah. I know that game. Um, Yeah. So, uh, you know, we, uh, we got to play, we didn't play any two player games because there was, uh, four of us, but we did get to play a little game that, uh, my good friend, John picked up for me for Christmas. Oh yes. Yeah. The the game that that made Owen lose his status permanently. Oh my god, permanently! What is it? Uh, oh, right. we, we played Cards Against Star yeah. Wars, which was so funny. Uh, and it's this just proves that you don't have to know Star Wars, or like you know, you don't have to know Harry Potter to play the Harry Potter one. You don't have to know Disney stuff or The Simpsons to play these cards. It actually made it more fun uh, when someone had no idea who you know, uh, like Palpatine was 
or right. <laughs> the, probably the best, the best question was what are midichlorians? Are they bigger uh, than, no, no, no. They, <laughs> this is the line. What are midichlorians? Are they bigger than Mandalorians? <laughs> and That's I was like, t- technically, yes, technically, yes. But uh, yeah, I played some cards against Star Wars. Um, and I thought of Sean the whole time. And Owen, actually. Every yeah, time I place a card down, I was like, Sean's a great friend. Fuck Owen. Yeah, I think that is actually a card in that deck. It says, fuck Owen. Yeah, if there isn't, I'm going to write one and put it in there. And people are like, yeah, what just is like Sharpie. Is, isn't his name Uncle Owen? Owen? So that, there could be an actual card that says that. Yeah, that's that true. That is true, yeah. It's funny fuck Uncle Owen. Owen. Yeah, fuck Uncle Owen. I know that guy. He's a real asshole. Um, again, you know what, guys? I I do feel bad about that. It was something that was on uh, my wife's Christmas list. And I think I think one of you guys were talking about it. And I was like, oh, hey, I should like check it out on 401 Games to see if in stock. And there was one left. You know. Yeah. You know who I, else had it on their Christmas list? Yeah. Who? Me, you bastard. Oh, well, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I do actually. I do feel bad about that. Yeah, so you should. <laughs> David and Redacted gave me a, a copy of a trivia game, but we haven't had enough people over to play it. It's uh, the worst when you get a game and you want to play it, but you can't get enough people. I still have uh, Secret Hitler that I want to play so badly, but I think you need it's a base of five. It's like yeah, five your fake something. version of Secret Hitler that you got for like twenty dollars. No, it's a real version. Oh, I think it's, it's legit. legit. Yeah. It's legit. Because like um, I looked it up online after I bought it. And I was like, okay, like there's definitely tells that it's the fake version. And when I got it, cracked it open, all the components are there. So I don't know if I got lucky or it's just an amazing fake. If it's, it's if, if it is fake, I don't care because it looks perfect. So you know, it's still the same game. So oh yeah, for sure. But um, it's funny. A friend of mine uh, bought a fake version of Settlers of Catan, and like the pieces, you know, the outer rim that you. When you build a board, you have the outer water rim. It doesn't like fit mm-hmm. together properly. The tiles, no, like nothing fits together. Like just crappy quality. So I was really worried that my copy of Secret Hitler was going to look like that, but no, it's perfect. So uh, a board game bought on AliExpress, like L- Logo, not Lego, Logo. Oh yeah, <laughs> but I'm I'm super excited to eventually get enough people over to play some of these games, the party games. Well, come March 1st, you can pretty much do whatever you want in the province of Ontario again. Welcome back to the real world, everybody. Yeah. We think. Mm -hmm. Um, But for the meantime, we're going to talk about games that you could play with one person. Maybe you have a significant other or a relative that lives with you. Maybe a roommate. These games are designed for two players in mind. And that's an important thing when you're looking for some board games. Like I know for myself, we try and find games that are exclusively two players because we don't have a lot of people come over and play and the games that we do have people come over and play some of them are a little bit complicated so like as i've said in previous episodes some people that we play games with like don't want to play these games that are like like intense to learn a lot of people like pick up party games um you know your card throwers or your your very simple like chuck dice go around the board kind of thing mm-hmm. right yeah you got your like uh, exploding kittens and whatnot also a good game but uh you guys want to kind of run down this list of some of uh the big popular two-player games and uh we'll we'll talk about each one a little bit the first one we have on the list is uh fog of love now 
you two were very excited about playing this game. Yeah, I want to play this game with you guys. Like, I want you two to play this game and just to really test your relationship because you know, you know, listening to you guys on the pod on scene on screen and talking with you guys, you guys have a very strong bond, and I really just want to see how strong that bond is. If you guys will survive a full, you want to fucking tear us apart. Oh, just just admit it. You want us to. That's right. I want hate you each to, other. I want you to break up. So what happens if we do poorly at the game? Does that mean we're not friends anymore? Well, that that's pretty high stakes. If you want to play that high stakes, you know, we can do that. It's like we either win slips. together or we lose together. That's right. Yeah. The the fate of the podcast will rest on this game of Fog of Love. Do you oh think Owen's just like, man, I want the shotgun seat of seen on screen. Doesn't matter how I get it. <laughs> that's right. I'll it'll take be, out one. It'll be just me <laughs> just talking into the void. Yeah. But not fog of love. Um, so actually, me and my wife uh, played this on Valentine's Day, and we had a ton of fun with it. It is a great. Oh, you're still time. married. We're still married, and actually, it was funny in the game. Our the couple that we created and we played as, they ended up staying together in the end. So really, all worked out. Um, we only did the tutorial, so it was pretty short. Uh, there's a bunch of different um, kind of. I guess milestones in relationships. So I think the first one that you play as in the main game is like high school sweethearts. Uh, and then it kind of goes on from there, but um, I can read the description here for you. So fog of love is a game for two players. It will create, uh, oh, sorry. You will create and play two vivid characters who meet fall in love and face the challenge of making an unusual relationship work. Uh, playing Fog of Love is like being in a romantic comedy, roller coaster rides, awkward situations, lots of laughs, and plenty of difficult compromises to make. Um, so yeah, I think that if we were to sit down and play this, I think we'd have a great time. All right, I'm in. Do you want to do yeah, this yeah, one I'm on in. one of our uh, our our semi-famous? Saturday night streams. We'll get it a little foggy. We'll maybe uh, turn some red lights on behind us. Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. And we'll play Careless Whisper on repeat. Except you can't <laughs> or Twitch will mute your, your music. We'll just play it uh, on off tune. Yeah, like <laughs> drop it down an octave, maybe slow yeah. it down a bit. Yeah. Speed it up at the good spots. Mm-hmm. All right. What's next? We've got That Time You Killed Me. That seems awful on the nose for a game that I'm going to play with one other person. Yeah, I've, I'm not too uh, knowledgeable on this one, so I think this, this is one's on you, Owen. Yeah, so again, this is a game uh, my wife picked up because she was like, this looks crazy awesome. And I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> it does. Uh, so it, I'll just read the description. We actually haven't played this yet. We haven't had time to kind of sit down and get into it, but it just looks wild. So uh, you and your opponent are rival time travelers trying to erase each other from history to prove that you are the one true inventor of time travel. You must use your invention to find your enemy in time and murder them before they get you. Um, so the, basically you have three boards, uh, past, present, and future. And as you start affecting things in the past, you, it will translate across all three boards. So if you were to place a boulder or something in the past, you'd also place a boulder in the future. So it's a really cool looking abstract game um, where you're uh, 
pretty much trying to uh, push your opponents and like uh, find different ways in the map to kill them. So again, we haven't played this yet, and I've kind of thumbed through the rule book, but it looks awesome. I, I think it comes in. There's different chapters to play through, so it's kind of a campaign game as well. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh. Okay, I'm interested. Um, a game that has always had my interest solely because it looks like it, it has some cool figurines and pieces is Gloomhaven. Now, I've never played this one either. Uh, we don't get to the games that I've played until the bottom of the list, but go we gotta, like, on. we got to split it up. Um, no, no, it's all good. Okay, you, okay. So, yeah, another uh, big... Uh, David, have you played Gloomhaven yet? You have a copy of this, right? I have a copy. I actually uh, purchased this game because of owen he i did this a pi- yes this was because of you this was years ago oh, you finally right. got a copy of it and you posted a picture on your instagram and i'm like what is this this looks kind of cool and i looked it up and it was all the rage it still is all the rage is it still like number one on board game geek i uh, haven't probably. checked in forever it's probably still pretty high up there um i looked it up and it was a massive game. This is a big ins- it the box is like 20 pounds. Actually, right. it's not it's not the heaviest game that I've I own, but at the time it was the heaviest and it was the largest game. Um I sent she who shall not be named to go to a store down in uh Vaughn area. Oh, that's so funny. To she was going to visit her parents and I was like, "Oh, can you uh can you go to the store?" And get this game called Gloomhaven for me. So she went in there and uh, they asked her if she wanted some help carrying it out. And she's like, no, it's a board game, right? They brought out this like huge game. And she's like, do you realize how big this is? I'm like, yes. Yeah. Um, I played it a few times. I haven't really gotten too far into the campaign just because of uh, when I got the game. It was, I was in school and you need a lot of table space for it. And And a lot of time. Yeah. And a lot of time. Um, I do have the digital version. Um, The, you can buy Gloomhaven on Steam. So you can play the entire campaign on that. Uh, Online online co-op as well. Is it, have you, have you tried that? I do want to try that. I haven't played the co-op, but I have played a little bit. Um, it is pretty good. It's uh, very true to the game because like the maps and everything are the exact same, but now you have uh, it all in 3D and fully animated and stuff like that. Nice. Um, actually, you know what? This would be a good one for us to play. Cause, that would uh, be fun. I know, Sean, you want to, uh, well, Demio. Sean, yeah. you like Demio on uh, Oculus Quest, right? So yeah, this is kind of Very, what Demio is based off of. Not like this game in particular, but this style of game. It's like the dungeon crawler. You have your character with uh, with um, specific skills and everything like that. Yeah. So, yeah, Gloomhaven, it is amazing storytelling, like story-driven game that is absolutely massive. And honestly, if you were to buy one game, I would buy Gloomhaven because this game will last you forever. Uh, I think how, many, it's how many scenarios? There's like 99, 99 scenarios. scenarios. And each scenario will, can take you two hours. So do the math. And that that you know that is a lot of board game. And it's awesome because as you play, you're, you are leveling up your attacks and you're getting new abilities and you're buying new items. It is very true to a role-playing game. Mm-hmm. And um, 
I think the mechanic of uh, so kind of how you do actions is you have a deck of 10 cards. And as you do your turns, you're playing down cards. And then those cards go in your discard pile. And then when you refresh, you lose a card. So every time you refresh your cards, you're losing cards. And once you're out of cards, your person is exhausted and they no longer can actively fight in this battle, in the battles mm-hmm. and whatnot. So it's very cool mechanics, very cool story. Um, me and Britt got 30 missions in and I think we fell off or I think we realized that we were doing something wrong when it came to um, continuing the story. And we were like mm-hmm. active, we were doing uh, different uh, scenarios that we weren't supposed to. So we're like, crap. Mm-hmm. So we so you have to do them it, kind of in order. Well, so, it's a story. I, so, like as you're as you complete a dungeon or something like that, you'll unlock the next path. But then there are there's city cards, right? right. Like that can unlock different paths that you go to. Um, that's the thing is like there's 99 campaign or 99 dungeons to explore, but in one full campaign, it's impossible to explore all, them all, depending on which path you choose. Right. right. There are there are some arcing storylines. So you, you do have those where like, oh, do I go to this mountain pass or do I go to this village? You know, which one do I choose? And depending on which one you choose, you will, you know, kind of branch off into a different area or different path. Mm-hmm. And it's easy um, to pick up like from uh, time you put it in the box to the next time you play. And you can remember not. where you are. Yeah, absolutely no, not. not. It is a nightmare. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> so you just sold me on it because I was like, wow, this is like board game Demio. And so, now I'm like, well, I don't want to get like three missions in, put it all away, and then have to put it all back together. Yeah. That's so- the biggest drawback about this game is that it takes you as long to set it up and tear it down as it does to play it. So, so this of- is a game. Yeah. This is definitely a game that you need a organizational system for the box. Um, there are some web-based programs that people have made to control or track like monster health and, and everything like that, um, which does make setup a little, a little easier, but this is definitely a game that you need to keep out on the table for a few days at a time and, and play a few missions over the course of a week. Yeah. Uh, If you have the table space or like if, like with me, I have a cat, so the cat's gonna just come up and like knock everything off the table, which is a drag. But mm-hmm. yeah, if you can set it out on a table, that would be ideal. So there is actually Sean for for someone like you, and I think uh, you were there when I bought it. Uh, there is a, I guess it's more of an entry level or beginner friendly version of the game. It's mm. a prequel, so to speak. It's called Gloomhaven: Jaws of the Lion. So the all the the maps. And the dungeons, they're part of the book. So you just flip the page over and you don't have to worry about tiles or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, there's less characters. So I think there's like four characters that you can choose from. Right. Uh, less it's enemies. So, yeah. Like there's still a lot to do, but it's easier for setup and, and tear down and whatnot. Yeah. I think you, it's you 20, like 25 missions. And they also reroute, uh, reroute, rewrote the, uh, the rule book to make it a little bit simpler. So it is kind of like a a better entry point into the, into the game. 
So, so my my thing is like, do I spend one hundred twenty nine dollars plus something to organize it, unless I buy the big box, or do I spend thirty nine dollars on TTS or on Steam and just buy it? I don't think it's free on TTS. I just tried to like click through really quickly, but uh, uh, there there are mods on TTS and mm-hmm. you can play it for free. But honestly, uh, I would recommend buying it on Steam, like the the thirty dollar. Yeah, you know what? If we're bucks. if we're gonna stream that, I'll totally buy it on Steam, and so we can all play. Yeah, it'd be it'd be something I consider. Do we put it start a pact? Yes, we do. Are we gonna make it our goal to beat Gloomhaven? Oh my god, that's that's a big ask. But yeah, you know what? I want to do it. Completion so I bought twenty twenty five. I bought this game on Steam when it was in early access. So. I got it for, I think it was like $20 and I knew that it was going to be big. Um, and I'm actually really happy with how it was. Like they have put the entire board game into this digital version of the game. And when I bought it, it was literally like the first two dungeons. Nice. Uh, but they've added so much to this. Um, and if you want to experience Gloomhaven, but you don't want to have to worry about the mechanics and fiddling with setup and tear down and having to have worry about the, having the table space, honestly, the the best way to go is the digital version on Steam. Yeah, I'm gonna look into that uh, for sure because it is a great game, good story, yeah. and I would suggest it to anybody. It scales well for two, even if you want to play with four people, for sure. Can you switch to four and then go back down to two? Yes, you can. You can actually yeah. have uh, characters come and go as you please. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, um, next. We got I seven. Actually, oh, go ahead. Oh, okay. No, go ahead. This is a good one, but take it away, Sean. Oh, I was I was just trying to keep the flow because I know we're, we're trying to keep time. Uh, seven Wonders Duel. Probably I've, my favorite two-player game. You're going to have to explain this one. So have you played Seven Wonders at all? I have not. So it's your strategic uh, card flipping game where you have to take the cards from the bottom of the pyramid all the way up to the top. And the goal is to complete wonders faster than your opponents, but also collecting as many victory points along the way. Um, As it says, Seven Wonders is... uh, I think there's eight total wonders that you can build in this game that can be modified, but you only get to pick seven. As the game progresses, you're collecting different items to help build your wonder. And once you've used those items to build your wonder, you obviously get the advantages that those wonders give you. Now, the thing I love about this game compared to a lot of other games is the strategy behind how you're picking your cards. Because much like uh, games like Sidmere Civilization, both um, on PC and the tabletop version, there are multiple ways to win this game. You could win um, by completing your wonders. You can win by military, or you could have a decisive win by science. If you can, if you collect all five science tokens, you can essentially win the game. Where it gets interesting is how you're pulling your cards, because every time you pull a card, you have to expose the next cards, and some of them aren't visible, so you're flipping them up as you go. Ooh, okay. So like, it's a real risk. It's risky because the next card could be something somebody else needs. Exactly, yeah. So mm. I, I do believe the setup is open face, flipped over, open face, flipped over in this like a pyramid. And then the next, uh, there's three rounds. So it's pyramid and then upside down triangle and then pyramid again. 
Interesting. Or not not a pyramid. It's like a weird shape. But it's it's very interesting how the game's done. And there's like cards that you can't collect until the second and third round when you're trying to make your pushes. So you want to really try and take advantage of as much as you can. Um, getting those victory points is huge, especially if you're doing like the military tasks and you're trying to collect your military pieces because your opponent could just take the card and discard it. I'm like, oh, you're screwed. So it's it's a very all over the place game. Um, if you're a fan, like I, we haven't played Seven Wonders because we've had no reason to buy the full game. But it's definitely a game that if you want uh, a nice little strategic like 30 minute play, it's really perfect. Nice. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. Um, yeah, like I've heard of Seven Wonders. It's such a staple kind of all over the board game geek. And everywhere you look, it's like, oh, Seven Wonders is a great game. But yeah, it's just one I haven't checked out yet, but that sounds awesome. Yeah, Duel is ranked 18th overall and 20th in the strategy category. And if I go to Seven Wonders just on its own, I'm a, I wonder if it would actually be, oh, game rank 75th. So the Duel version is much more appealing to people right cool yeah i'll have to check that out for sure it is a staple david what was the next game that you wanted to hit up well i wanted to talk a little bit about the game that makes me feel like a complete idiot um go fish (laughs) (laughs) uh worse than go fish that would be sherlock holmes consulting detective this is actually, it's it's not necessarily a two-player game, but it can be played with two players very easily. Essentially, you are uh, new detectives working with uh, Sherlock Holmes, and you have uh, mysteries to solve. So there's not a specific board game for this like there's not a board that you set up there is a map of london and then you have a directory of different characters and people that you can talk to yeah locations locations right uh and it starts off with this story right like uh there was a murder and these people were there and so you can ask some questions and you can you essentially have to figure out who done it where it was done and all this stuff. And as you go around and you interrogate these characters and you think that, you know, well, how are you supposed to figure all this stuff out just by reading um, a character or like a a dialogue from a, a book. Right. But it works surprisingly well in the sense that we actually kind of had a pretty good idea on what was going on. But we were completely wrong. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> it was it, it was surprising how well this game worked, and uh, it's something that if you do expand it to playing with you know three or four people, you can really put your brains together and try and become these detectives and and solve the stuff. But I found that uh, playing this game with uh, she who shall not be named, um, we were working together really well and just racking our brains, trying to figure out this, uh, this mystery. And you can play this game for hours. You could play it for 30 minutes. Uh, there's, there's no time limit. There's no set end to the game. Yeah. This is whenever you think you got it. (laughs) 
yeah, then you go and, uh, you know, go to the end of the book and you see if you were correct. And more often than not, you were wrong. If you are correct, you probably did it in, you know, 300 times longer than it took Sherlock Holmes. Oh my God. Yeah. So I remember the first one we did, um, I think it took, it took us like, I think we packed it up and then we came back to it the next day is like how long it was. We were like scratching our heads for, and then same thing. We opened it up. I think we got one or two of the things, right. But then you add up how many times, uh, how many guesses or how many locations you went to. And we were at like some insane number. Then you look at, it shows how many Sherlock Holmes like was able to solve, like how many turns Sherlock Holmes was able to solve this mystery. in. it's mm-hmm. like, he was able to solve it in like eight turns. And then not even, it's usually like four. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, how the hell? Like, so, and, and for every action that you take gives you a score, but then for every time, every action that you take more than Sherlock, Sherlock Holmes, Holmes, it yeah. gives you a negative score or something like that. Oh my God. I wish I still had the piece of paper where we wrote down our first score because it was bad. Yeah, it's brutal. But uh, this is a really cool because there's there's multiple volumes. I think there's three volumes. Yeah. Yeah, And each one has what? Something like six or seven uh, different cases. Yeah, Yeah. that's right. Um, So like there's a ton of replayability for this. Um, Obviously, if you know who done it, you, you'll be able to just deduce it afterwards. But it's one of those things that even if one person has played a case, like if you're playing with new friends, you can kind of just be the... You just kind of guide them a bit. The, or the, just kinda... the, the note taker, right? Like it's right. cool to just watch how people try and figure this game out. Or you just um, give it to a friend, like, you know, start handing it around. Especially any, any of those games where it's like a one shot, you're just like, oh, cool, I finished this. Hey, do you do you like this stuff? Here, take it. <laughs> Yeah, so that's uh, one game that is always that's you know that's always a good game to play, especially on like say like a rainy night, you know, right? It's they're thematic, they're not too difficult, but they're not too easy. Yeah, if you like mystery games or if you like solving crimes, who doesn't Do I ever? like solving crimes? It's the best. It's a good uh, first date date game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, what's next? We have Seventh Continent. Yeah, so it's another co-op game where um, essentially you you wind up on this island. You don't, I think you, you, you've been there before, but you don't really know. And your goal is to explore, find and craft items and escape this seventh continent that you're on. Um, yeah, we... It is what? How long? I think if you look in the description, it says the game length is up to like a thousand hours or something like that. Um, I haven't played too much of it, but a thousand uh, minutes, a, th- a thousand minutes, a thousand hours, just like forever playing this game, uh, a thousand minutes. Yeah, so it is. Um, it is a lot of uh, fun to play with your significant other. I found that for sure. Um, have you, either of you guys heard of this game or played it? No, but I don't think I could spend 16 and a half hours just grinding a board game. Like it, it's, it's getting a little bit uh, near that other game that we don't talk about anymore. Yeah. We don't really talk about that game. <laughs> Wait, what game? We're not allowed to talk about yeah, it. Yeah. I can't talk about it. Sorry. 
Um, but no, definitely check out this game. I found it fun to sit down and play it with uh, with my wife. Uh, we had a pretty good time with it. Um, and again, it is mostly like exploration. Um, there's a lot of hidden information on cards that you can look up. There's um, a lot of puzzles to solve. So uh, definitely a lot of fun. Uh, it sounds like a good one. Next up, we have a, a game that Owen and I have talked about, I believe, in the past. It's uh, Onitama. It's essentially fun chess. Yes. Oh, man. I've had so much fun with Onitama. Um, and over the years that I've had it and I've taken it and shown it to people, I've ended up giving it out as Christmas gifts to them or um, they've bought it for people that they know. It's such a fun little abstract two-player game that takes no time at all to play, takes no time at all to learn or teach. And you can have somebody having a good game, having a good fun game with you in like five or 10 minutes from sitting it on the table. What was the, um, uh, what was the quickest you've ever lost in the game? Oh, I've lost in like two or three moves. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah. It- the one thing I will say that I truly appreciate uh, appreciate about this game is unless you select the same five cards, the game will never, ever be the same. Yeah, the replayability is amazing, and they're still making expansions for it. Um, how, many, how many more animals can they add to this game? Oh, God. I, um, how was the... The first expansion they released was like 30 new move cards or something like that. Um, and then they've released two more, ex- or no, they released another expansion, uh, which adds like a blocker person. So, like, you move them, they block a space and nobody can go there. And they released oh, cool. another one coming up soon where there's like a, a hidden movement aspect to it, where there's like an assassin. So, yeah. uh, they're, they're keep developing it. And it's like such a simple concept uh, of, you know, this easy little chess game. It's a, uh, I think there's a small percentage of the deck that can get all the way across in two moves. You just have to find the right combination. I think one's like a tiger and a dragon. Right. Um, there's, there's so many combinations. It is a really fun game. I've given it out as gifts. I was gifted it once. And I think that copy was actually moved to another person because they're borrowing it, but it's still one of the most fun games I think I've ever played. Yeah, it's funny. The first time I saw it, I was at a board game store and they were having a tournament. So I don't know if they had just kind of released it and they're doing some uh, promotional stuff, but yeah, they had a a tournament going on. It's like, oh, what's that? That looks cool. And then I ended up picking up a copy for myself. And yeah, it's been probably one of the most uh, played two-player games in my collection. I know my wife hates it because uh, she definitely does not <laughs> uh, does not play those kind of abstract games. So I always end up winning and she's just, she gets so mad. Absolutely. Um, there, there is a, an infinite amount of games that you can play that are two players that we've mentioned from time to time. One of the biggest ones out there by far is Disney Villainous and what they've done with a simple concept of a game within a game has become this phenomenon in the gaming world. I think it's up to four or five expansions now. David, you might be able to correct me if I am wrong. Um, I think it's like five. Notwithstanding the new one that was just announced, I think there's like a Marvel one and then a few other Disney baddies. 
but it's it's definitely an interesting game. David, I'll let you take over. Well, have you ever wanted to be the bad guy? All the time. This game will let you be the bad guy. Noise. Enough said. No, uh, <laughs> Disney Villainous is a unique take on uh, a board game where you can play as one of the characters, but you're playing your own game with your own separate goal on how to win compared to everyone else. But then also you can do things to affect everyone else in their own game, (laughs) so to speak. Um, This is a game that works well for two players. It gets, I think it gets harder the more players that you add to it. Right. Yeah. You'll be slinging dirt at each other a bit more. Yeah. So you're focused more on, um, yeah, like Owen said, slinging dirt. Slinging dirt. (laughs) You're focused more on uh, doing things to disrupt everyone else. But the more players there are, there's more things to focus on. So uh, it does increase the difficulty because you can focus on one person in particular and then completely forget about the other people who are trying to screw you over. Um, Disney Villainess is great for – it's very thematic. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, the Disney villains, you know, in a lot of the cartoons like the old movies, they are memorable. And it's cool because like you can play as the Queen of Hearts and have a set of rules that you have to abide by. But the rules are different for you versus say uh your partner that's playing as uh Hook. And there's different cards, each person has different their own deck of cards to play with. They have their own objective and there's just something about this game that even if you're not huge into disney games the strategy on this like they could do it with anything like they could just do it a generic evil person that they make up right like they they did it with marvel like the marvel villains right so it's a cool concept it took off very well or took off really quickly. And I think part of that is due to uh, it was more accessible. It was sold in more stores. It was sold in stores like uh, Indigo or Chapters, Mm -hmm. Kohl's, Target, Toys R Us, uh, Barnes and Nobles, Walmart. You know, you can buy it in any store. So it was one of these games that people saw. They're like, oh, Disney stuff. Disney stuff sells, right? Uh, and it was a, a board game. So people are like, oh, I like board games. I like Disney. I'm going to give this a try. And then uh, it was a huge hit. And the nice thing as well is that like you could buy the base game, which comes with, was it like five or six characters? Mm-hmm. Uh, but then there's also the expansions, which they're all standalone. So if you didn't want to spend the money on the base game, you could buy a slightly cheaper expansion, which has three characters. So still enough for three people to play, still enough for two people to play. Um, and it's the exact same game. You're like, you're not missing out on anything other than just the variety of characters to play. Yeah, I really like that they did that where it wasn't uh you're not bound by the uh the base game. You can actually just go out and pick out uh just one of the expansions. Yeah. Um, I think all the expansions are pretty much universal. You don't really need anything. The only thing in the expansions I don't think you get is the cauldron, right? Right. It's and that's coin? just like purely aesthetic, right? They give you mm-hmm. a little uh, punch board with all the coins in it for all the expansions. I think. Yeah, um, I'll tell you, we played Villainous a few weekends ago, 
and it was my my sister's first time playing it and she she was having a rough time i think she was playing as uh, ursula quite possibly um and the long story short is we ended up having to gang up on another person at the table because they were so far ahead and um that that person got really upset at the fact that we were just con- constantly going through their hero deck because that's that's an attack that you can do to try and make it more difficult to play through. This game gets insanely personal and it's 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 a unique experience, I guess you could say. Oh yeah, yeah. it's like super unique. Yeah, um I actually got I want I I've only played this game once before and man i want to play it again well then then play it again i i will i want to (laughs) i'm going to so a good segue to uh where we'd like to take part of meeples is we do want to make sure that you all as our listeners are aware of things that are coming out maybe it's a game that's launching maybe it's a kickstarter that we're thinking about backing or maybe just maybe it's some gaming news which does happen Let's start off with something really relative to the conversation that we're having <laughs> and the fact that Disney Villainous has another expansion coming out. All right. Yeah. So we have uh, Disney Villainous Bigger and Badder. Uh, so it is the next expansion in the uh, the long line of expansions from the Disney Villainous series. Uh, and in this one, in this expansion, you can play as uh, Syndrome. From the Incredibles, Lotso from Toy Story Three, and Mad, 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 Madam Mim from The Sword in the Stone, um, and that releases uh, February twenty seventh, and it retails for about thirty bucks. So not bad. Nice. What's next? Uh, I do believe we have another title from Ravensburger, uh, licensed with a Marvel IP. Uh, it's Marvel. I found it. Yeah. So I think this is kind of targeted to younger younger kids um i did a, i haven't i've never seen these i found it games before but apparently it's uh like a board game where i think you kind of mentioned this the one time uh where it's a game where you you, you have to pick stuff out of a board like a huge board and i think it's the same concept where you have things you need to find in in this big board that they give you but it's all marvel themed so if you have uh yeah, like I said, I think this is geared towards younger kids. So if you have younger kids and they like Marvel, this might be a good uh, a good game for you. That comes out May twenty second. Uh, next up, we got uh, Dungeons, Dice, and Danger from Ravensburger. So a big Ravensburger drop here, um, and it's a roll and write. So with roll and write games, if you've never played them, you usually have a set of dice. You roll them, and depending on what the outcome is of the roll you mark things off on a pad of paper that will, in this case, maybe have a dungeon. So um, those are really great for new players, I think. Um, and that comes out uh, March 22nd and retails for about 25 bucks. What's this uh, This interesting one that's coming up? Oh, the... Echoes the Microchip. So, okay, I actually saw this too. And I was like, Echoes the Microchip. It looks interesting. Um so it's a it, game where it's another Ravensburger. It, so all this, all this news is Ravensburger stuff. Um, let me just pull up the echoes on microchip one. So I'll read what it is. Cause it does seem really interesting. So uh, in the near, or sorry, in the near, in the far future, civilization is lying in ruins and the echoes of the past hide the tragic story of its downfall 
see whether you can uncover the truth in Echoes the Microchip. So Echoes is a cooperative audio mystery game. Using a free app, players listen to mysterious noises and voices that are connected to the playing material. Together, they look for hints in the sound bites and uh, to bring the story parts in order and solve the case. So it seems very cool, actually. Interesting. It was not definitely not a game for someone with hearing loss, though. No, this <laughs> might be a bit restrictive, but uh, it does seem very cool. Kind of a, a new concept to uh, to a mystery game. I really haven't seen that in a board game. Yeah. They'll have to uh, release a, a, a Braille version for the deaf people. Oh, yeah. Maybe some closed captions, just like, <laughs> you know, faint breathing or something like that. Um, <laughs> So it comes out what I just said. Yeah. Braille, deaf, different. Braille, yeah. No. <laughs> Anyways. Oh, uh, yeah. It just went right over my head. Yeah. Uh, so that comes out March 22nd and it retails for only 10 bucks. That's pretty cool. That's now, a... I'm, I'm curious. Is this is this a one-time use only game? Like it, it almost sounds similar to like the, the exit games where yeah. once you, you can – well, obviously this is a, an audio thing thing but um like the exit games where you're they're escape room in a box essentially in mysteries but those are one use only i wonder if this is a one use only type of game or do they have uh i don't know a selection of audio puzzles well i don't know I, I think it comes like there's different missions i think from what i read but uh who knows? They could use uh, expansion material, right? If it's just using an app and maybe some cards or something like that, they can easily expand it later down the road. Mm-hmm. But still, like it is a cool concept. I'm actually, you know, for ten bucks, why not? Yeah. Uh, this next one, another Ravensburger, of course. This Wizard of Oz, <laughs> the yeah, Wizard so- of Oz adventure book game. Yeah, it's funny. If you go to the board game geek on this, there's nothing. There's no entries whatsoever. But apparently it's coming out in March 2022. That'd be kind of cool. So if you're a fan of Wizard of Oz, Oz, hey, this is right up your alley. Ravensburger always makes really fun games. So My guess, based on its price point, is it's probably going to be Funko-related. Maybe. Uh, I don't even know. Or or Um, not Funko, but kind of like the other... um, larger kind of adaptable meeple kind of games mm-hmm. like that's a, that's a pretty cheap game for the name that it's carrying yeah 30 bucks so uh not too bad price point wise but yeah who knows um again the board game geek entry there's no real information posted which is funny um because it is releasing in march so we're probably 50 Canadian if we're being realistic. Here the yeah. thing is, though, is the Ravensburger games are better priced, I feel. They, because, because they are a larger publisher, I think they and they license a lot of games. Mm-hmm. Um, the games release at a lower price point because they probably know that they're going to sell more. Like I bought the Alien board game that just released. I got it for $30 Canadian. Right. I think they also know where to put their put their money. Like some games will drop all their money into making extremely detailed um not meeples, but like uh characters and stuff. And like that's where a lot of the price goes in making a game. 
but with mm-hmm. so far I've seen with Ravensburger games, like the the card quality is is medium. Like you know the figurines they make, they're detailed but not like super detailed. So yeah. I think they cut costs in that realm to like make the games more affordable. That's true. The the other thing is I think Ravensburger kind of lives in that undercutting lifestyle. Like they can't compete with Asmodee, so they have their own kind of area of the board game world where they just kind of exist. Well, I think they make games tailored to more, you know, mid-range, not mid-range, but like um, not as like avid gamers, kind of like casual gamers. Like if you got games like uh, Horrified, because Horrified is Ravensburger, right? Mm -hmm. Like anybody can sit down and play that game. It's not like playing, you know, a really intense, you know, six hour long game um but they that's where their 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 sweet spot is you know they're not super expensive they're not super hard to learn well they have like villainous labyrinth um el dorado i thought they owned like the back to the future game and the there is a back to there i think there's two i think there's two back to the future games one of them is ravensburger and then another company has another one. One's Funko for sure. Right. One is Funko. You're right. So. I thought Ravensburger had one. But regardless, um, one last piece of Ravensburger news. So um, so Ravensburger will host its fourth Game Inventors Day, an online event in which designers can pitch up to two game ideas that they have already been vetted bef- that have already been vetted beforehand. Um, so kind of a cool opportunity. Oh, wait, let me just read the rest of this. So on its website, uh, Ravensburger, uh, details what it does and doesn't want to see applications open, uh, on February 11th and close March 3rd. So I think, yeah, this is an opportunity to pitch games that you want to see made, or maybe you're a game designer and you're starting out and you want, you know, to show you what you show, what you have to Ravensburger. Maybe they might make your game. Kind of a cool opportunity. Hopefully. And it was a dice chucker that you're talking about. So back to the future dice through time. Oh, right, 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 right. Cool. Thank you. And the last thing I just want to mention, if anybody who's listening has pre-ordered Stardew Valley, guess what? They're finally coming in. This game uh, was super hyped in the board game community because everybody loves Stardew Valley. Mm -hmm. And then they ran into uh printing issues or something like that uh so it was super delayed but i've started seeing people post on uh instagram that they're getting their copies and my wife just got a message from 401 games saying that her copy should be in soon so looking forward to that i don't i didn't order it but i did get an email from 401 games saying that they are getting copies in so maybe i did order it (laughs) i don't, don't remember um, if you need me to go get it for you, I'll go pick it up. Yeah. Um, this game though was, there was super hype behind it, but then there was the, uh, shut up, shut up and <laughs> shut up and sit down the hmm. shut up and sit down, uh, review that wasn't super glaring because I guess there was a lot of, um, not a lot of issues with the game, but the randomness to the game kind of hinders it a little bit uh, but i'm interested to see kind of how 
the overall feel of the game is. The theme looks pretty cool. I know that uh, she who shall not be named loves Stardew Valley, so this might just be something that I pick up anyways just as a a nice little feature. Yeah, a little two-player game session. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sweet. Yeah, that's it for for, uh, Ravensburger board game news, at least. (laughs) So before we wrap, I got a question for you. It's one of my my famous questions. If you were to pick Why'd you the say it like I, that? I don't know, I just I'm tired. <laughs> if you were to pick one of the or your most ideal two player game, what would it be? Like it's like you have to it's like a staple. Two player mainstay staple for yourself. Hmm. Hmm. What do you think? You go first, David. I gotta think about it. You know what? Honestly, a game that I love to play two players is um, Elder Sign. Mm. Because with two players, there's the game is difficult. Elder Sign is a dice checker. You're it's a part of the Arkham Horror series, HP Lovecraft themed stuff. You're these investigators going through a, a museum at night and trying to. Uh, essentially find these elder signs to prevent the great old one from awakening and destroying the earth kind of thing. Mm. Um, It's difficult, but it's not impossible. And I find with two players, it allows for a lot of communication and discussion on strategy. And it, the game doesn't go by really quickly, but it's not super super slow um yeah and and when you successfully win the game with two players it's feels like such an accomplishment because the game is difficult now it is super luck based because it's a a dice chucking game um but i don't know it's just one of those games that uh i'm i'm always down to play and especially uh it's it's a great kind of uh like dark and gloomy Mm -hmm. sunday afternoon game to play is that that's on TTS as well? We should play it because I it think is. You, it's like one of your favorite games. You like always it, bring it up, and I definitely want to play favorite it with games. you. Yeah, yeah, we definitely should. Actually, uh, fun fact about the tabletop simulator uh, version of the game: they created the person who created the mod actually created a uh, Hulk Hogan uh, investigator card. Oh, amazing! <laughs> which is really that. funny. Uh, yeah, and for me, I would probably pick kulami uh me and my wife every once in a while we'll break into kulami and it's this awesome little abstract game um where you're trying to place marbles in in specific areas to gain control of different blocks and depending on what you control at the end of the game you get points for and it's just this fun little really quick super easy awesome abstract that we just you know it's just super super fun just to pull out and play a couple rounds. Well, I I can't pick Duel because we already talked about it, but there is a game I'd love to try that's, uh, I guess, slated to be two-player or four, and that's Splendor. It's oh, very yeah. interesting yeah. to me. Yeah. Splendor has been on my want-to-buy list for so long, but I just haven't bought it, and I don't know why. I've played it once in a board game cafe and I remember just being like, meh, but again, like if we're, you know, you just sit down at a, at a board game 
cafe. You can't really get into the strategy too much, but uh, yeah, definitely uh, worth a try. Well, I got Splendor in a Steam sale. I think it was an Asmodee pack. Oh, the Asmodee Pink Creators pack. Mm. And I, I don't know how much it actually is to just purchase outright, but if you guys have Splendor or we can try it on TTS, we can try it. Hell yeah, let's do that. For sure. I'm in. I'm in for the win. I got to hold my crown. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how we all play a game that we don't know how to play. I just want to take that crown from you. Oh, well, just, that's you gotta, all I want. You got to play some other games, man. No, I, I got to beat you at Lords of Waterdeep still. David took the crown from me for like five seconds. And he won Clue, so he definitely is the crown holder at the moment. It's not me. Yeah, yeah. Right. I forgot about yeah. that. Oh, man. Okay. I am the master. Amazing what you forget when you choose to forget. <laughs> how con- how convenient. It's been but a while since we've played a game together, so we gotta get we gotta get some games in. We will get something in soon. As for us, this is the end of the show. Um, we are ready to bring you content on a bi-weekly basis, and we can't wait to do that for as long as we can until we annoy you. But for <laughs> myself, <laughs> David. Yo. No, he's so cool. I thought you were going to do it. No, that's the orange green. Our moderately good friend Owen. Hey. Redacted. Ah. Bummer. <laughs> we want to thank you guys for listening. Follow us on our socials, and we can't wait to have you on our next episode of Three Men and a Meeple. 